0: Of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit TheaterThenOW.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's the top-hatted Broadway diva who has been taking over New York and New Jersey. Say hello to Lady Celestina. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well- all right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, I think we're possibly in the same state because I'm in New Jersey. Oh, what part of Jersey? Uh, Mawa, Bergen County. I'm up north.
1: Oh, you're you up there. Yeah, I'm up down there. As-
0: nice. Yeah, I, um, listeners, you, you know my, my story every week. Um, I am still stuck at home um, I have some back and nerve issues so I haven't been able to walk fully so I can't really be in the city to do much because that involves you know a lot of walking so I'm hanging in there hanging in there but how, how's New Jersey treating you so far? Jersey's doing
1: okay I mean we're born and raised so mm-hmm. I'm used to Jersey um I mean pandemic stuff all kinds of new and Exciting updates coming from Governor Murphy, you know.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to chat with you because I feel like you are a, a, a queen on the rise. You have been taking over post pandemic, pretty pretty much. Oh, thanks. Because uh, I, I always see these posts, and I was like, "Who is she? I need to know more."
1: She's just a mess, is all she is.
0: Yeah, but I'll I'll reveal later on how I officially found you because it was a while ago how I, I saw oh one God. of your posts and I was like, okay, I'm obsessed. But we'll get we'll get to that. But I like starting at the beginning. Um, you kind of alluded to it, but where are you from?
1: Um, I'm from Asbury Park, New Jersey. So if you any any good gay, you know, you come down to Asbury for the summer, hang out at the beach, all that fun stuff.
0: What That's was up- what was life like down on the beach growing up?
1: Um, I mean, it was pretty chill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I was very lucky, like, like growing up in a relatively open-minded and diverse environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it wasn't wasn't too bad. And how can you go wrong with going to the beach like every day?
0: Right starting- now, um, I my New Jersey seashore geography is not the best, but you, Asbury Park's kind of toward the north of it
1: yeah we're definitely like more like as, like as far as like the jersey shore is concerned we're definitely more kind of like up towards like gunnison if you know where gunnison mm-hmm. is Sandy hook um not as far down south as uh like seaside right we're definitely more on the northern end
0: yeah I, ha- I have Lamar. family yeah family down in like um uh, LBI area and, uh, Tom's river down that way. So that's a little more South Jersey. Now I have to ask the question because, um, I know it's a very contentious New Jersey question. Oh, here we go. How many parts of New Jersey are there?
1: Okay. So people want to say that there's like North Jersey and South Jersey. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that are very aggressive by saying there is a central Jersey. Mm-hmm. I am kind of like in like a weird like middle place so i always just refer to it as the mythical central jersey <laughs> because we all believe it's real but no one else does and it kind of depends on who you talk to
0: <laughs> i am definitely the camp of north jersey south jersey once you hit newark airport you're in south jersey
1: yeah basically i know my one friend he just calls like all of jersey north uh-huh. <laughs> because he looked like, out near philly and so just like oh so i went up to see him and i was just like i'm East of you,
0: <laughs> it's it's wild. Like we're not California, we're not that big, but we have so many parts. Um, it, and the other the other contentious question is, Taylor ham or pork roll? Pork roll is nope. the only answer. No, nope. interview over. It's no, it's Taylor pork roll. ham. I can't do it. I can't do it. um wow. And if you have not experienced Taylor ham egg and cheese yet, friends, it's a necessary thing for your life. All the
1: pork roll egg and cheese
0: now do you put anything on it or do you eat it plain
1: i mean okay in my head plain is with salt pepper ketchup
0: no okay okay so it's, out, so it's my a South eye, Jersey thing
1: take like, it as is it's pork roll egg and cheese okay. salt pepper
0: okay well i i am not supposed to get my blood pressure up so we're just gonna move away from the <laughs> top. we're gonna move away we're gonna move away um, okay, so back to you and um, living on the shore. How did theater enter your life?
2: Um, I think like it first
1: took uh, took hold of me, uh, like growing up and like just watching Disney movies, mm-hmm. and then at some point, my parents started showing me musical movies. Yeah. And so I remember like one of the first ones that I had ever watched was um, uh, The King and I. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually uh, we started seeing a lot more theater in, in the city. And so got, getting to experience that, um, really started to get really involved in theater once I got into like middle school. I'm um, doing like the plays and things. Yeah. No um kind of going about that all through high school uh leaving that and then just getting more involved in community theaters and um college productions and stuff like that so it's always it's always been a love of mine
0: um where did you go to school for college
1: um i was at uh brookdale community college mm-hmm. so out near me
0: and what was it like to do productions there
1: it was great i i had so much fun it, um it was a l- fantastic program um and the educators were like some of my still some of my favorite people mm-hmm. that I just interact with ever um and they i think do a really good job at like curating shows to students that's good um and because like for them it's all a for them like the program is just supposed to be fun and enjoyable and like you're only going to do that if you keep it light and make sure that everyone is generally having a good time instead of like super insane cutthroat industry standard you know
0: do you have a favorite role you played during college
1: um probably sir robin from spam a lot
0: oh nice that's a fun one
1: yeah, so going to be super flamboyant. Yeah, uh, like a uh, like a black bob wig, <laughs> um, and and a black
0: mustache. Did you um, get to see Spamla on Broadway? I did. Nice. Now, original cast, or did you have a? a, a see, I did too. And you know what? It's kind of sad and crazy to think that like that may have been our last time to see Tim Curry perform live. I know. So sad. Um, But also that cast, that that no name girl named Sarah Ramirez. Like, who the hell was she? Where did
1: she come from?
0: Right, bitch needs to come back to Broadway. I don't know what the hell she's waiting for. Like, you name a role, Sarah, and you can have it. Literally, she's such an incredible show. I, I I mean, hear something? She did. She fucking won a Tony first. Yeah, well, technically second show. Oh, okay. Because, because she was, I think, the ensemble of Kate Man or something. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. But uh, so- but yeah. Okay,
1: just, all right. I'm done. Bye.
0: Yeah. She did Grey's Anatomy for long enough. I, who, I, I, I gave up on that show. So I don't know what ended up with her character, but <laughs> I didn't tell you. Um, yeah. W- well, we love that. And I almost feel like for a lot of theater people, theater is the gateway drug to drag um, now I'm not saying anything about Bf, uh, weaponizing a BFA. We're not going down that road. Um, but how did drag into your life? Um, so
1: obviously I had like a huge theater background, and I had kind of been aware of what drag is through theater, mm-hmm. through like, um, but even just like through watching like movies and stuff, you know. So like having watched *Priscilla Queen of the Desert*, *Kinky Boots*, Tu Wang Fu*. Um, very uh, like I can even cite like rent as that too, sure. right? Um, and so I had always been aware about what drag was, um, and then I started when I was in college. I started doing volunteer work for um this organization in Asbury Park called Project Real. Mm-hmm. It's a LGBT plus youth and ally hangout space, and so they did events basically five days a week. Um, that catered to, uh, across like a spectrum of like education and fun. And so there were gamer nights, there was like sex talks, there were mm-hmm. uh, nights specifically dedicated for trans individuals so they could kind of go and socialize with other trans folk. And super great program, met a lot of wonderful people there. And then um, that's actually where I met, um, I believe, I believe one of your uh, former guests, um, Red Rum. Yep. Mm-hmm met her there um and then our other friend um Kinsey Spectrum met there and then we and then that was kind of when I got introduced more into like what drag is sure I didn't ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race until like maybe like a year or two after I started doing drag mm-hmm. um because I was just like oh I kind of knew of the show but for whatever reason it like nothing clicked in my brain Fair. um And then so I just kind of was like, oh, let's play around with this. And I think most people, myself included, were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to like put me up in drag one day and to see what that's
0: like? Yeah.
1: And there there are photos back in those days when uh, Red had painted me. um, uh, There have been other folks that had painted me. um, And there, there are photos out there in the universe of me in like big wigs and the whole zhuzh. Um, And then eventually I was just like, you know what, let's give this a try, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you know? Um, And so I had, um, at the time I had much longer hair because now we don't have hair, but I I had much longer hair and um, I was like styling the hair uh, when I was in drag. And then eventually at some point, I think I just had a top hat. Mm Mm-hmm and that like went with an outfit and I was just like oh let's just wear it and then the next time I had gone out someone was just like oh you were the one with the top hat and then that was just kind of how everything stuck after that point. yeah
0: I mean it, it is it is recognizable it's not something anyone else does yeah it's it's a fun one it, it's it's very smart it's very smart thank you what is the origin story of your drag name and persona how do we get here
1: Um, uh, lady is, uh, because I'm a fucking lady. Um, and then Celestina is actually a nerdy Harry Potter
0: reference. Nice. I, um, admittedly have only gotten through four Harry Potter movies. Uh, we were doing a series on the podcast, make Mike watch, and we only got to four and then the pandemic happened. So I haven't continued. I've told myself I'm only watching it with my friends. So when we get back to normal, I'll, I'll continue my journey, even though, um, someone's a little problematic.
1: Though so Celestina's not in the movies. It's uh she she's like not in it whatsoever. She's just in the books.
0: Well, I guess I'm gonna have to have you be a correspondent and teach <laughs> me about the books. I don't know how to read, so this is why I've never read Harry Potter. But <laughs> <laughs> describe Lady Celestina in three words.
2: Three words?
0: Yeah, three words. You
2: can have a hyphen in a word, so that, that, that'll that'll oh, Um joyful fun dramatic all right i like that i like that how long does it take to get into drag
1: um i was talking just painting or like from like when i shave to once i'm fully like in the genre let's and let's
0: to- do the full 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 transformation
1: full fantasy um I mean, if I if I'm feeling myself and I'm taking my time, we're talking about maybe like
0: three
1: and a half hours. Okay. Um, if like, but on average, you're probably looking at about
0: two. Sure, sure. Do you have any traditions you like to do when you're getting ready?
1: No. Um. I mean, usually now I will go live on TikTok. Okay. And so I'll go live on there and I'll paint and I'll like socialize with people on, on the interwebs while I'm getting ready um, and just like listening to music and kind of like getting in the mood.
0: Any favorite makeup products that you like to use? Let's, let's find you a sponsorship. Who do you love?
1: Right. <laughs> um, listen, I'm not an expensive queen. So I am all about Elf or Maybelline. Okay, okay. Those are the majority of the products that I use on my face are, are those. Um, so I'm always about those products. Um, but I also, uh, recently have just become a large fan of, um, uh, Juvia's Place. Okay. Nice. A great makeup brand for, uh, the, that's a black owned brand.
0: Yeah. We love that. that. That's amazing. Um, I think, uh, Katrina Lovelace had just mentioned it on the podcast. So let's yeah. continue to shout on them out. Now let, let's say you get a sponsorship with someone and they're like, create a Lady Celestina palette. What colors have to be in it? Um,
1: what's really, what's really ironic is that literally this happened to me recently. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, I kid you not, like, uh, someone was like, oh, we want to send you a custom palette. And I and they were like, just tell us what you (laughs) want. And so really it is like four neutrals and the rat and like eight, um, like six or six to eight, like just of like all the primary colors. Okay. Really vibrant, really colorful. Lots yeah, I love that.
0: You mentioned Red as a as someone who helped you out in your drag journey when you first started. Who else was there when you began?
1: I didn't say Red helped me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> she was a presence. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh, uh, Lady Marissa, who mm-hmm. is like Asbury Park legend. Um, she's like the fairy drag mother of everybody down here um Verona DeMornay um Seymour Cox um Nikki Sky Blake all like queens that were willing to give me like opportunity mm-hmm. advice, um and so when I was first started out it was them um and then as like the year as I kind of moved through things like I met Like harmonica sunbeam Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. always been like a huge supporter and um someone I could always go to for advice on any situation because she's a professional
0: let's talk fashion because I think you have a really fun cool aesthetic who are some of your favorite inspirations when you put a look together
1: I like to describe what inspires me as that I, the fashion that I like is some sort of hybrid of a Disney villain Cirque du Soleil singer character.
0: Nice. Okay. I can, I can totally see that. That's just specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> you no
1: know Cirque du Soleil. You know what those costumes can be uh-huh. like. Yeah. And you know, Disney villain. And so it's like all kind of that put together a lot of flowy a lot of dramatic but also strangely artsy
0: yeah no you you definitely have this classic vibe that really transcends time periods and that's what's kind of cool about your aesthetic thank you because you you can say i'm going to do a 60s look and have a pattern you're you're set you can do a 90s you can you can pull off anything with your style which is really really cool which makes it even more
1: uh uh well, it's difficult for me and I guess it's enjoyable for everybody else. It always makes it <laughs> fun uh, when it comes to the top hats, too. Fair. You know, because then I'm I sit there and go, how
0: how does this how does this work? How does this make sense? Who are some of your favorite designers to collaborate with?
1: Um I work with um, a designer uh, called Beck Jones. Um, mm-hmm. he's a based uh, designer. Um he makes a lot of my stuff, um, Pierre of Victory as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten stuff made by uh, Gigi Kataina,
3: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, Morgan Wells, um, and even Red Brown has made Nice. Stuff.
0: Yeah. So I first saw you um, when Piretta had posted uh, the Pride look that um, she made for you. Oh, yeah. That was the first The, the white had- one. Yeah. Um, because it, for me, I was, I, I've seen hundreds of Pride looks. But this one was just for me so perfect, white, and then the colors. It just it just worked. Yeah, it was it to this day. People are like, "Oh,
1: it's such a good look," and I was just like, "It literally is just a white dress with a rainbow petticoat."
0: It was so and simple. Like, yeah, and that's what made it so beautiful and stand out as a beautiful pride look. So that's probably one of my favorite looks of yours. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and again, Prada can almost do no wrong. Truly,
3: they um,
1: are. A magician with. yeah
0: and it's it's so fun to see their growth from when they had like you know one look on drag race to
1: almost every week literally literally um
0: and multiple queens exactly i hate that they get so much backlash from the fandom i mean i have to discuss it on the podcast sometimes but well wow. visibility you're on you're on the show so congrats What <laughs> it takes How would you describe New Jersey drag?
1: New Jersey drag is fierce. It's full of incredible, well-versed performers Mm -hmm. um, of all different kinds of um, styles of drag, you know? But the one thing you can always, like, trust in seeing any Jersey girl perform is that, like, it's going to be a good show. You're going to have a good time. And it, you know that they're going to be strong performers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to turn a party.
0: That's important. What is it like to be a crossover queen to be able to perform in New Jersey and into the city? It,
1: it's definitely really cool. Um, I'm very thankful to have been able to do that crossover. Um, because I think obviously they're two very different ponds. Sure. You know? The pond of New Jersey and then like the great Lake of New York city. Mm-hmm. And there's two very different bodies of water. And so I think that it, the way I describe myself, I, I've, I think of myself presently is like, I was definitely one of the bigger fish in New York, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I got thrown into a much bigger body of water with a lot of bigger performers.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so it feels kind of very small fish, you know, Um, but I'm definitely, definitely very thankful. And like, I definitely like suffered from like, when I first started doing my show at the Ritz on Sundays, like there was definitely a little bit of like an imposter syndrome that kind of kicked you know, because it was just kind of like, it was be like, am I worth this? Am I worthy of this? Like, I'm sure, like, I was certain that there are like so many other much more worthy drag performers than myself that have been in the community and living in the city much longer than I have, you know?
0: Absolutely, and and that's that's something that I hate about the community is, um, I don't want to use the word entitlement, but there, there are definitely queens who quote-unquote put the work in and expect the opportunities and when someone else gets it there they whine and bitch and take to Twitter and vague book and it's like you didn't get it why didn't you get it self-reflect before you attack the other person so it it, because yeah it was one of those things because like when I did see you got the rich show I was like interesting um but congrats because that's amazing
1: that was all uh, Steve Sidewalk's doing. Yeah. Cause him and I had done a bunch of stuff down in Jersey mm-hmm. and the transition was really kind of like, I had a show down here for like a brunch. And then he, and then that show suddenly the restaurant decided to close on us um, after two weeks of the show. And so they closed and then he was like, oh, the Ritz wants to do a show, like a, a brunch at the Ritz yeah. is, do you want to come and do that? I went, absolutely um and then I got pulled up for that had that show for two weeks and then indoor dining shut down right and so I was just like I have this like two-week curse <laughs> awful and um but then uh after my like second child, I was just like oh well this was a fun little like stint in the city you know like I was yeah. like all right back to Jersey living my life and then um uh, the, the manager over at the Ritz called me and was like, was like do you want to keep doing it outside? <laughs> and I went, I can go outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take to get to New York from Asbury?
1: It depends on what part of New York I have to get to. Okay. Um, for me to go from like Asbury to uh, Hell's Kitchen is really like about an hour. Mm, it's not, not bad. Because luckily it's like right outside the tunnel.
0: Right, right. So as we mentioned, the world's opening up and you're keeping busy with gig after gig. How is it to be performing live once again?
1: It was definitely crazy. Um, My first in-person gig was in August of last year. Um, And which was kind of like the best experience ever at the same time. Yeah. Um, Because my first in-person gig was at an outdoor bar in Atlantic Highlands called the Seafarer. Mm -hmm. Um, Great bar, great people, such a great vibe. It's like right on the pier, right on the docks. Um, And it was like totally sold out. Everybody was like super into it. It was me and Pissy Miles at that gig. Um, And what made that gig so fun for me, was that they were like, oh, let's bring you to your dressing room, and they're walking me over, and then all of a sudden we're going down, like, uh, onto a onto a dock, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, maybe they're just, maybe like there's like an underground bit that underneath like the space that I'm just not seeing or something, and no, and then they like bring me to literally a boat, like, oh my a spa- god. And they're like, here's your dressing room. And so they had to literally like pull the boat over because it's, it's like tied to the dock. Had to pull it over. I had to literally like throw my luggage on, hop onto it. Oh my God. I'm like, on the boat trying to like put on a lash as it's like bouncing around. Uh, yeah. Oh my and, God. Like, for like a first experience, it was like, it took all of, it was so ridiculous that it just took all the like stress <laughs> anxiety that I could have had because I was just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like this they're on a boat like
0: just that's crazy oh my god but yeah. you know what that that at least you had a, at least you had a dressing room and a green room
1: right exactly and it was funny too because pissy miles they gave her like a bathroom and <laughs> but her and i were we didn't realize that they put us in two different places but we both knew that we were going to be there and so her and i both s- like k- like kept a spot open yeah. <laughs> areas for the other person that's funny and we both had the same thought because at one point they're like oh we're starting a little bit late but we'll be started soon blah blah like we're looking at like it was like 20 minutes past or whatever and we both thought it was the other person like we're like oh they (laughs) must be late something crazy must be happening oh my god it was
3: so so
0: you've gotten to perform at venues like paradise the ritz headroom Tell us about some of the shows and what the difference is for you as a performer having to balance the different venues and audiences. Um,
1: I, I think eventually I fall, like I'm still finding a medium, but I definitely feel like I'm in more of a medium than I like used to have been. Mm-hmm. Like when I centered these spaces, um, because like, like, because like just, it, it's like our it, the regional audiences in those spaces also varies. And I think it also depends right. what the spaces used to be used for pre-pandemic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, so like some numbers I can do at Headroom or I can do at Paradise that wouldn't necessarily fly at the Ritz, not sure. because they're not good numbers, but just because like, I, I find that most people like At the rights want to keep it upbeat they want to dance they want to have a good time um and so i couldn't come out here and pull and like just drag out doing like don't rain on my parade um because because the audience might just not click as much with it so if i pull out like bad romance or something the audience is going to be super into it and they're going to live absolutely
0: you seem to have a nice rotation of guests that you bring along with you how do you determine a who is going to be a good guest to be part of your show? Um,
1: whoever messages me. It literally is like kind of kind of that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm very I'm a lar- I'm very adamant about giving opportunity to people. Um, and so it doesn't matter to me if like you had been doing this for like eight years or if you've been doing it for like eight months, you know? And so I'm like, I'm I would rather like give those opportunities to people in kind of a free and relaxing format mm-hmm. um with just like yeah come come and do my show we'll put you on the flyer nice um, and then they can just kind of like prepare some stuff and yeah they'll be nervous like like i'm speaking like for like the those queens younger than myself um like they might be nervous but i definitely find that they like give so much more to it because they know Mm. that like they're doing it and they're, and and there's kind of like no pressure into what they deliver, you know? That's fair. Um, and literally like for me, specifically like at the, at the Ritz, I'm not a New York city girl. I did not like, uh, uh, with drag, did not grow up in those communities. I think I performed in the city tr- like a whole two times prior. Mm-hmm. To the pandemic. Um, one of them was at uh, um, Green Room 42.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the other one was at um, Stonewall. Sure. Um, and so like, I kind of d- really didn't know anybody. So the girls that I did know were usually New York girls that got booked down at Paradise. Mm-hmm. And so I had known Fifi Dubois for a while. I had known um, uh, like Jasmine Rice for a while. I had known like a lot. A lot of girls had, uh, had been in my like memory bank of, oh, I know who that is. Sure. Uh, and so when I got this show, I was just like, I don't know anybody. Who am I going to ask? Yeah. Um, and then so it just kind of turned into a, let me put out on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> of going, if anyone wants to perform, let me know. Um, and then having those people shoot me messages and me just going, okay, great. Here's a date,
0: you know? Nice. Is there any New York city queen that you've yet to perform with that you want to work with anyone on your dream list?
2: Ooh. Um, hmm.
0: I mean, I've never worked
1: with Jasmine. and I would Mm -hmm. absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, Oh God. I've worked with Fifi before I've, uh, I, I feel like it it's like it's so crazy because it's like I feel like I have like this endless list of queens that I'm always like I was just like, oh my God, would love to do a show with you. But <laughs> it it's just like nothing is coming to like the top of my head because it's always like in like the crazy moment of me just going, You have to do something.
0: <laughs> yeah. So everybody, that's your wish list. Literally, I just wanna, yeah. <laughs> Everyone Sorry. be my friends. <laughs> So we're going to play a game called This or That. I'm going to give you two options, and you're going to tell me which you prefer. And since since you're a Broadway diva, we're going to do a lot of theater today. So we're going to start off with musical or drama? Musical. Velma or Roxy?
2: Roxy. Alphabet or Glinda?
0: (laughs) Oh, God.
1: I'm gonna say Alphabus solely because she has that no good deed
0: moment. Sure, sure. Bernadette or Patty? Patty LePone
2: always. Aaron Tveit or Jeremy Jordan? Oh God.
1: I would say Aaron Tveit, but like I feel like he like he like went to Hollywood and then just ate <laughs> like a hundred years.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Jordan, I'm just overhearing Santa Fe. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's sick up. Just like, oh, I'm going to say Aaron Tveit. We're going to go with it. All right.
2: Fosse or Verdon? Fosse. Sondheim or Schwartz? That's an
1: interesting one. Usually everyone says, like, usually for like a this or that, it's always like Sondheim or Weber, you know?
3: Mm
1: -hmm, mm Oh, God. Into the Woods is one of the... One of the shows that I love doing, but I've also done Godspell like, like six times. Mm -hmm. Oh God, I'm gonna
2: say, I'm gonna say Schwartz.
0: All right, all right, Ibsen or Chekhov. Chekhov. Nathan Lane or Matthew Broderick. Nathan Lane. (laughs) This one's mean. Christian Borrell or Sutton Foster? Oh, Christian Borel. That's fair. Me too. Question Anthony Rapp. Anthony... Sutton Foster nonsense. <laughs> right. Um, Anthony Rapp or Adam Pascal? Adam Pascal. Finally, Candor and Ebb or Pasek and Paul?
1: Pasek and Paul.
0: Wow.
1: Oh. You weren't expecting.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever answered that way. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I respect have a it. Bad Candor and Ebb experience. <laughs> How? How do you have a bad Candor and
1: Ebb so, experience? So a couple of years ago, I had seen um a Kander and Ebb musical starring Cheetah Rivera called The Visit.
3: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Ever, ever I rushed, I did like a, a student rush of that ticket. And I sat there and I was just like, this is awful. I was like smashed against a wall on the right side of the theater. I was in orchestra. Everything about that show, I was like, this is, I hate do you, everything.
0: Do you have a um, pair of yellow gloves yourself?
1: No, but I should. I should get <laughs> just Maybe I can reclaim a song from that.
0: There, I mean, listen, there are some good songs. There's a reason why Cheetah Rivera has pushed to have that show go to Broadway for as long as she did. That being yeah. said, They've done much better work.
3: <laughs> That's what much better I hate. work.
0: Uh, um, I like to go behind the music a little bit and find out what your signature number is and how it became your signature number. So, what would you say your signature number is?
1: Oh man, I think that depends on like who you talk to. You know, like okay. I, I've, I definitely have a few that are like I are in my arsenal that I pull out. Um, that I are num- that are numbers that I can just like trust my mm-hmm. um, first number that like made people go, "Oh, she's good." Mm-hmm. Was like, "Um, never enough," from Greatest Showman.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, another favorite number of mine, um, is uh, "Don't Bring Me No Bad News" from The Wiz. Yep. Specifically, the Mary J. Blige version from The yep, Wiz. That's Live. a good one. That's a good one. Um, and um. Recently, I've thrown in um,
0: "Beauty School Dropout" mm-hmm. from the Billy, the Billy Porter version only version. Yeah, it's the good one. Now, are you someone who has an arsenal of mixes, or are you straight songs? Um, pretty. I'm pretty much like all straight songs. Mm-hmm. I
1: think I have like one mix. Like in my in in my arsenal, um, and that's only, well, actually, I guess two mixes. Um, one mix is my like Hercules mix, where it's just going from gospel truth into zero to hero. Sure.
3: Um,
1: and so I don't really like truly think of that as like a mix. A medley. Um, it's a right. It's a it's a a, uh it's a attached song. Right. Um, and then the other one is similar thing. It's uh, One Night Only going from the Amber Riley version into the Beyonce disco version.
0: Nice. 2020, we didn't get that much live performance, but one of the audience's favorite things usually is a drag roulette. There's a lot of music from 2020 that have not been able to participate in a drag roulette. What songs from 2020 are you looking forward to performing in the drag roulette? And what do you wish the audience will never request?
1: <laughs> um. Hmm. I don't know I'm a big Dua Lipa fan so really I okay. think now I'm pretty pretty on board for um, hmm. I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of like a song that like I think for me because of like who I am in my performance like I would die if someone wanted if I had to do like whack. yep it seems to be the answer from everybody I would, I would, I would die so much. I'm like, I'm like, it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not my vibe. I appreciate yeah. it. I enjoy it. It's a good song to listen to. But if someone was just like, do it, forget it.
0: I mean, I listen, drag queens, you should be thankful that I am stuck at home because there is one song that I am ready to request all the time and everyone will hate me for it. Which is, but are, have you seen Eurovision uh, Song Contest Story of Fire Saga? I've not seen it, no. There's a song in that called Ya Ya Ding Dong that I am overly obsessed with. Um, so that will be my request. It is dirty. It is raunchy, but it is perfection. So get ready, folks. It's coming. It will be coming.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it now. I'll listen to it now. I'll prepare myself.
0: And and everyone can't forget Eurovision Song Contest is technically Oscar nominated. It got a, a nomination for best song. So just saying. So crazy. Such a good, such a good movie. we're gonna play the cameo game show if you're not familiar with the website cameo you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price but each celebrity has a different cost in this game you have to guess who costs more oh my god okay and we're gonna do theater again because again i i love talking theater i don't get to do it on the podcast much so we're having a theater day
1: this it's always like I feel like I have so many conversations where people are like, I never get to talk about it. I am just
0: like, why are we all like these like closeted theater people? <laughs> because when we get to Hell's Kitchen and we request musical theater, the gays hate us. But then they live. and so They I don't do. Get- they do. It's true. Because <laughs> they, they only know one song. That song is Defying Gravity. That's the only song the gays of Hell's Kitchen know. Listen, it's actually a large testament because
1: speaking of a roulette and musical theater, I do a show at Headroom mm-hmm. called that is a live version of uh, the live stream that I did during the quarantine, during the lockdown, um, called Broadway Roulette. And I have literally absolutely no agenda. I do, I pick the opening number and I come out and I do it. And then the entire show is just dictated by the audience of like songs you want. Just name a show and I'll pull something out from it. Yeah. Um, And so that it's just like- I love
0: that. I'm here for it. I know. All right. Let's play this game. Let's see how you do. Okay. Susan Egan or Andrea
2: McCardle. Who's more expensive? Yes. Susan Egan. All right. I'm going to say Andrea McCardle. That's correct. She's 125.
0: Susan Egan is $100. Next, we have Lorna Luft or Joanna Gleason. Lorna. That's correct. Lorna is 125. Joanna Gleason, 60 dollars. Yeah because I, I, she's it, unless you knew into the woods. That's fair. that's fair. All right. next we have Cheryl Lee Ralph or Deborah Cox. Oh my God. Oh.
2: Uh, I don't know. I I'm gonna say Deborah Cox is more
0: expensive. Deborah Cox is 100. Cheryl Lee Ralph is 125. Wow, oh, I know right? So, oh man. Next up, Roger Bart or Michael Yuri.
2: Ooh. Roger Bart, you have the producers and you have and
1: he also did Hercules.. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Michael Yuri.
0: Oh. I'm gonna say it's Roger Bart. It is Roger Bart. He is a 100. <laughs> Michael Urie is50 dollars. Medical area keeps saying, you gotta charge more, please. <laughs> I love you, dude. Charge more. Next we have
2: Leslie Kritzer or Carrie Butler. I oh, oh. I don't know. I'm like, I'm
1: like, I'm like, I don't I I feel like because she had like a much larger like YouTube presence from the vlogs and things. I'm going to say it's Leslie, That's more Leslie
0: Kritzer. Leslie critzer is 75. Carrie Butler is 79. Oh my God. What a weird weird number. To- it is it's very strange. Um, <laughs> next we have Victoria Clark or John tartalia John Tartaglia? He's 45. Victoria Clark is
2: 49. Oh man. All right. Huh. This one's fun. Andy Carl or Orfe. Or Faye?
0: They're actually both $75, or you can uh, book them together for $100. That's fascinating.
3: That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm into that. Yeah. Next, we have Taylor Louderman or Patty Murin. Oh, uh, I'm going to say Taylor. Taylor Louderman is 55 Patty Murin is $65. Huh. And finally, how much can you get a Constantine Morales cameo for?
2: Um let's just say well, I'm gonna say like
0: sixty-five. He's only forty-five dollars. He, he really? He's finally learning his worth. <laughs> I said it, I said it.
3: <laughs>
0: Terrible. Why is drag important to the queer community? Um Drag is important to the queer community
2: because we are the art form and the performers. We are walking safe spaces.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I think
1: we have a tendency to become leaders in our communities um, because we provide safe spaces and we make sure, and we continue to make sure that people are feeling joy and love and give them a little bit of an escape to whatever is happening outside the door, you know?
2: Absolutely. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? In five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I do think it's only going to get better. You -hmm. know, I think
1: um, having had platform larger platforms like drag race and dragula and um monikiki and all that stuff i think it is showcasing the art form in a really a really great way yeah uh, i think it has has and will continue to push the art form you know mm-hmm. um there it's just be like ha- the, like, cosmetic side of it or the, like, tips and tricks of of the form or even just where people can go. But I think also, like, uh, life imitates art, you know? And so, like, I think that there are things that drag race girls get to do, which when, like, touring or the types of numbers that they can do because they have, like, all sorts of, like... Um, they have like producers and those are are hustling. And I think that they will continue to push and amp up what could be. Right. You know, I think one of the coolest things was when they did um, Drag Race Live in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Because while it, it was like the tour that they were taking on the road, I think it was just cool to have like, just like a big old, production you know yeah,
0: they had a residency residencies yeah. have been known for these big pop superstars not for drag and that was going that could have changed the game big time unfortunately covid took it away damn shame it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they are able to bring it back um obviously I'm sure they'll have they'd have to retool it and figure out who is available to go back into it but there are a bunch of Vegas queens who could step in except for Elliot yep. with three Ks. um <laughs> Just saying, I, I finally unfollowed. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm not gonna. I am not going i do not want to be associated. Yeah. But speaking of following and unfollowing, and numbers and counts, and why is social media so important in the drag scene?
1: It, I mean, it's it's the network. It connects us, you know, and I think it's a great way to showcase your art without. It's a great way to show your showcase your art on like such an international platform. I mean, I know so many performers now that have been found and booked through Instagram. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, um, because they post obviously like photos of their paint, photos of their looks, but then they post performance videos and stuff, and you're like, okay, she can, she can do it, she can turn it. Like. Back in the day, you just had to, like, you had to, like, go to the club and, like, see who was performing and, like, see what they were like. And, like, now it, it, like, gives everyone, like, the ability to see all that stuff. I think now it's even cooler with a platform like TikTok, you know?
3: Mm -hmm. Because TikTok,
1: I think, has been showcasing a lot of really awesome drag um, and giving a lot of, like, cool platforms to those performers. um, And especially since, like, TikTok has been such an up and coming app during this pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, with their creator fund and their marketplace and um, the opportunities that they're given, you know?
0: Absolutely. Diversity visibility is just not great in nightlife. How Mm -hmm. can bar owners, venues, producers, and other drag artists do a better
2: job at hiring artists of color? I think, I think there is always going to need to be an active
1: thought process with it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I, but I think the additional to that is to not, to not make, to not make a point about that you're doing it.
3: hmm
1: you know, um, and like so, like for example, like um, if I were looking to get more diversity in my show, and I was looking for like a black
2: performer, I wouldn't like aggressively like I I would never want to treat it like it's like I'm filling a quota. Sure.
1: You know, because I, I feel like that lessens the worth of those performers, you know, because it's like, are you actually booking me because I'm talented right. or are you booking me because you have a quota? And so I think we as a community, because I, I will definitely put myself in, in the same mindset of I have to constantly remind myself of um, making sure I'm giving that opportunity, giving that diversity. Mm-hmm. Shows and constantly going. Um, if someone saw this flyer, does it tell people just by vi- just looking at it if this is going to be like um, an inclusive and
0: safe space? Absolutely. We're gonna play another game because clearly I love games. I, I haven't into- done this. I haven't done this one in a while, so I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. We're playing Cast and Couch. In this game, I'm going to give you a name of a musical. You're gonna tell me who Lady Celestina will play in each. Okay.
2: All right. Chicago. Mama Morton. Okay. Cabaret. Cabaret. BMC. Okay. Okay. Pippin. Leading player. Okay, nice, nice. Or
1: nice. when I'm older, I want to play the grandma.
0: Andrew Martin fucking rocked that role. part.
1: Right. She made that part actually good. She did a great interview talking about it too, where she was just kind of, where she, they asked her to do it and asked her to do that role. And she just went, it's a stunt role. That's all it is. <laughs> it is. Get bigger for me and worth doing.
0: I'm not doing it. Yeah. And look at her. She she was on a, uh, a ring and did some stunts. And then won a ton for it. Exactly. Alright, next we have Wicked.
1: Wicked! Uh, going for the odd one, I'm gonna say um, Madame
2: Morrible. Okay. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um...
1: I'm going to say either Gus the theater cat
3: mm-hmm.
1: or
2: Skimbleshakes. All right. Nice, nice, fun, fun ones. How about Hamilton? Hamilton. Um, you know, I think everyone, would. everyone normally is just like
1: one of the Skylar sisters. Uh-huh. I have, for whatever reason, have always been fascinated <laughs> by the double casting. Like the fact that, like, so many actors are like play one character in act one and one, a different character in act two, right? Sure. And so, like, you had Lafayette and Jefferson. I'm super fascinated by Hercules Mulligan to then later becoming uh, 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 like Monroe or whatever. Yeah. And I was just so, like, I'm, I don't know why I'm like, I'm into that one. Okay. So I was like, that's the one. I couldn't tell you why.
0: <laughs> All right. That works. How about the Lion King?
1: The Lion King. Oh God. Well, as an Asian American, I don't see myself in this. However, um, I will pick from one of the non-Black roles <laughs> in that. And so I would probably vote for like Zazu or
0: something. Okay. That works. Um, how about the Sound of Music?
1: Oh, God. But what a weird one. Um, just one of the nuns. Okay, okay. It just like one of like the one that, that says a cloud, you know?
0: All right, here we go. That, that works. How about Les Rob? Oh, Les Mis.
1: I, I do love uh, a little fontine moment, but I think in actuality, I'm very much a Madame ternardier
0: There you go. That works.
2: Into the Woods. That's, that's a, that's, that's so
1: hard just because there's so many good, like, female roles in that. Yeah. And I have to say that, like, I actually never would have said The Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw, uh, several years ago, they did um, a production of it at The Public in Central Park.
3: Yes, they
1: uh, did. Murphy played The Witch. And ever since I saw that version, I've been obsessed with her take on it. Uh-huh. And so I'm gonna say The Witch because Donna Murphy is everything.
0: That production was so fascinating and so problematic. So, so problematic too. Um well. uh, Little Red and and the Predatory Wolf. Oh boy. Whoever made that choice? And then again, they're 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 shaping it dramaturgically like it's coming out of the kid's mind. So the kid is imagining the rape wolf. So. What? Not good. All right. Who is Lady <laughs> Celestina going to play in Rent? Nothing. I hate that show. There you go. How about Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia? Oh,
1: God. The, uh, the uh, Christine Baranski part.
0: Okay, that, that's a good part. And finally, we'll, we'll do a modern modern show that will be opening soon. Six. Aragon. All right, there you go. That's a good part. That's a good love part. that show so much. Why
1: theater? <laughs> That's the question. Just why That's the theater?
0: question? Why theater? Oh
1: God, in regards to what? <laughs> Just why theater? Oh my god. Oh, why theater? Theater is an escape, and it help and like other art forms I think it helps us learn more about ourselves Mm -hmm. and about others and I think it is an entertaining way to help bridge gaps into open minds and I think it is and and it's like the most collaborative art form absolutely you know and so like I just love the idea of just bringing all these people together and then just coming together and like working on things and putting something up and going, we did this, we did that. Yeah. And I uh, just the love and the vibe.
0: When you were going through your auditions and the audition process, what were your go-to pieces?
1: Um, basically anything from Wonderland.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Literally anything from that, that score. Um, what a <laughs> like, wild musical Wild musical, but like, man, such good music.
0: I had, uh, I never wrote the review, but, um, I said this to someone, they said that was the worst review of Bonnie and Clyde you could ever give. I said, Wonderland is a better musical than Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. That's, that's how it felt. Wow. Mm -hmm. And
1: that only had a two, two month run. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I sang, uh, Finding Wonderland a lot um, for auditions. Um, what, is that, what else did I throw I did Land of Lola a couple times.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there's another song that wasn't from other, other shows. What was it that I threw in there? I don't know. It's been so long that I'm like, I don't even know what I had in that audition book. <laughs> I'll have to dig it out one day soon.
0: <laughs> what but, are why,
1: some of them? Uh, why was this in here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I would love to go back with some friends and be like, what was in your audition book? And then going back, what was I thinking? Right, I
1: like just like everyone bring your audition book and then we all just, <laughs> comes like a cabaret.
0: Yeah.
1: And the audition book and are like, what's that 16 bar cut? <laughs> That's, That's funny. What is it? Give it to us.
0: When it comes to drag what are some of the most overused broadway standards what should be retired what should be retired oh
1: see i'm not i don't think anything should be retired because like i might have grown up in like the current age of drag but like i'm such a sucker for like the old school shit Mm -hmm. um and like uh, especially since like coming from Jersey, like I'm a big pageant person too. So like, I love a good pageant. Right. So like have any of those kind of pageant songs, like work me down, turn me out, any of those songs, I'm always into it. Um, I think dream girls has done a whole lot. Sure is. Um, and so I'm just, and so I do find that I'm like, I, I feel like if someone, cause I'm also like, so like crazy theater that I'm like, if someone comes out and does, and I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm like, that was the song you picked (laughs) all the songs in that show. That's the one you picked. Yeah. (laughs) But like a queen doing one night only is always a moment. Um, I, I love doing, I'm changing. Um, but I always do dream girls in, I try to find a different version than people know. Mm -hmm. So I'm notorious for doing a lot of, um, Lilius White. Yeah. Um, just because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you, you're expecting Hudson or you're expecting uh, Holiday. Absolutely. Just, I have Lilius White doing, and I'm changing because it's just such a good version.
0: Yeah, she, fucking underrated legend. But I do the
1: Amber Riley one night only. So it's.
0: Yeah. There's obviously been a lot of discussion since Broadway has been down about inclusivity and representation and how Broadway can be better will we see that when theater returns or are we going back to the standard of what we knew
2: i think i want to be hopeful and say yes yeah or i do feel
1: that there is such a hunger and a rush to go back to work and to go back to theater mm-hmm. that i and a lot of a lot of theaters right now are doing a lot of um, Edie and I work. They're doing a lot of uh, a lot of auditing of their own programs and of themselves, and really looking to see how they can better themselves and use the uh, We See White American Theater guide- as like guidelines for how they can be better um, yeah. as theaters. And I think it right now it's a lot of theory for people and so it'll be the real test when we really do kind of come back and we do have a lot of um producers and directors and casting folk and people behind the table that mm-hmm. are coming to do a lot of this uh it's really it I think it'll really be largely up to them to be the ones that make a lot of that larger change as far as like inclusivity goes yeah Um, and so it'd just be the real test when we kind of come back. I know just the other day, Broadway announced that apparently it's going to open at hundred percent come September or something like that. Um, and theaters are already sending out, um, pre-sale tickets for stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and so like I saw Phantom is on there, Sticks is on there. Um, like they're just like rolling it out now. And I'm like, obviously I'm excited for us to go back to this. I'm excited for all this I was like but we do need to really be adamant about the casting choices we do going forward but also like as producers and as a creative team like we also need to make sure that that is also reflected behind the table too sure like not like nothing is worse than like having like a beautifully BIPOC piece but then everyone behind the table is white yeah you know and so I, I'm i hopefully saying yes Um, and wait with bated breath to see how things happen in real time.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, like you said, everyone's talking the talk. And then when it comes to buying the tickets, that's all I saw through my social media today was everyone buying tickets. Yeah. And I'm probably myself included because I want to see six really badly. So it, it's definitely catch 22.
1: It. Uh, a great the, the the broadway cast of six is actually well yes. diverse you yeah. know which you give them a lot of credit for mm-hmm. um, but then like you had the like upcoming production of music man with hugh jackman and Sutton foster and you're like firstly why did we need music man why did we need a show about a con artist that is like kind of sexist um, listen
0: if he is not dressed like donald trump i'm not there and, but then also, like,
1: why, do, why are we bringing back another, like, classic piece yeah. that is being led by white people? Like...
0: <laughs> Correct. Well, there, there, I'm sure... Literally nothing to do about it. You yeah, know? I, I, I'm sure there are behind-the-scenes discussions about it. I'm sure Scott Rudin was a driving force behind the casting and the decisions, but um, it's still happening, and that's that on that. Period. We're going to play everyone's favorite game. It's called Tea Time. You are going to get to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, people you've performed with, people you took uh, a photo yeah. with, people you may have only had a conversation with once. I don't know. We're going to find out if you love them, hate them. You're share some stories. You ready? All right. Let's start off with Miss Wendy Huaxwood I love
1: her so much. She, I met her doing bitchy bingo at Paradise. Um, I had her as a guest and at our first, she knew I was a theater girl. She did not realize the depth of my
0: theaterness. Uh huh.
1: Um, and so every subsequent time I've ever performed with her, um, she, she's also a queen that does a really great suicide. Mm-hmm. suicide. She puts it together really well. Um, one of my favorite things that she's told me is that she did a um, a suicide for I forget the Queen's name. Um, but she said that they were it was all Disney songs. Mm-hmm. But the kicker was that the guest, all of her Disney songs were in another language.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> like she's like one of the best
1: people to like make a drag suicide. And there have been many times that she, She's waiting for the day that I like get up and do a suicide and I don't know the song.
3: That's she's fair. Waiting.
1: it has yet to happen. There have been times when I have felt she's gone easy on me because she's usually like like deep cuts. Yeah. Of like when, we're pulling when, Wendy is or something.
0: Wendy is definitely a secret evil villain. She she's got a dark side in her. <laughs> she loves making fun of me. And I'm like, I'm not gonna make fun of you back. But fine. I'll take it. I know I like twinks. Say it on mic more times. I don't care. Literally
1: just recently, I posted that photo of um, one of my recent looks that's like inspired by Hunger Games. I have these like big yeah. uh, ruffly cuffs, right? Giant, these like giant uh, bracelets. And she literally had the nerve to comment on it and go, and go. have you ever thought about
0: wearing bracelets?
2: <laughs> Hair. <It's>...
0: All right, <laughs> next up, Pierretta Victory. Oh,
1: they're just a gem, you know? Like, they're just such a good person. And, like, I enjoy them so much. One of my favorite memories uh, that I have with Pierre Renner is um, a couple years ago when Sasha Belor was on tour,
3: mm-hmm.
1: when she was taking her smoke and mirrors on tour, um, she took it to um, Asbury Park at the Paramount Theater. And uh, it was, I believe it was the only closest to New York City spot on her tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Pierretta and many other New York City folk came down to, to see her, to see Sasha. And Pierretta come down and obviously like, we don't ever have anything like that kind of like in our town.
0: Yeah.
1: but we were like, we gotta make it at this whole event. So like we all got done up in the drag. And so, like, I, so it was, like, me, Red, like, kind of our whole house and sisterhood that we, and, like, our children that we all kind of, like, brought out. um, And then we all, like, got dinner and, like, lived our lives. um, And we just had, like, such a, such a blast. And they truly are, like, one of the hardest working people I know. Absolutely. Understand how they function half the time. Because I was, like, I would have cried. I would have They never
0: sleep. They never sleep.
1: Yeah, I would have just shut down by now. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Next up, someone who's super hardworking and a recent guest of Block Talk, Pissy Miles.
1: Ah, Pissy Miles. She is so stupid, and I love her dearly. Um, She is also one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. And, like, no one makes me laugh harder than Pissy Miles um, because she's just so quick and just, uh, I think her she's she's one of those performers that like she can headline a show and have a solo show and like you know it's going to be a really great time and i i have never been disappointed by any seeing anything she's ever done
0: yeah she's wonderful
1: just oh so good
0: next we have harmonica sunbeam
1: legendary i adore her so much um, she's another one. She makes me laugh so hard. She's someone that will read you into the it read you into the ground. Um, but she's also so unbelievably professional and well versed. and she is definitely someone that I have uh, that I always look up to. She's just a huge inspiration. and she is like a walking testament to, uh, like if like just like she just has worked so hard to be where she is, and like you see her and you talk to her and you immediately understand, like that that like she's worked to be here, you know, yeah. like just incredible.
0: Next we have Nancy Mandel. Nancy,
1: uh, she is another one of my Asbury Park sisters. Um, She's great. She is another one that like she, I am obsessed with like just good drag, you know, like, and she just gives such good drag. And I always enjoy watching her. Um, I was part of one of her, uh, part of her talent the year she won Miss Paradise.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so it was really fun to be at those rehearsals. Um, and to like watch what this talent is And then to see her get up on that stage And like just go off is just like such a magical time One of my favorite numbers I've ever seen her do Is um, Don't You Worry About A Thing Sung by mm-hmm. um, uh, from, from Sing Sung by uh, Tori, Tori,
0: Tori, Tori Kiley. Yeah,
1: And it's just like uh, she's, she's great I adore her so much I literally just saw her I think like last weekend Because she nice. was hosting Paradise for their drag show on Saturdays.
0: Next we have Anita Tension.
1: Anita attention. She is, um, she's one of my oldest friends. Um, not because I've known her the longest, just by age. Um, I love, I love her dearly. She is, uh, it's no joke that they call her the hardest working housewife, you know?
3: Mm.
1: Um, she has been hustling, I she is someone that like is such a testament to like overcoming you know like yeah. like you ever talk to her and you hear her story even just a little bit even just like a little couple pages of her of the novel that is her life mm-hmm. and like how in the hell did you overcome this like how do you do it and she's just a huge inspiration she's um she, she's another one that she just like she's all about opportunity and supporting and loving. and she's another one. I laugh so hard being around her. Her and I just like kiki to about everything and laugh and joke and I make a hundred old joke, old people joke. <laughs> and um, I can't wait for the day she dies
0: so I can steal her wardrobe. Ah. All right, <laughs> next we have give me some money.
1: Give me some money. Oh man, she, she is, she makes me mad because she's so fucking gorgeous. And it just like, every time I see her, I'm just like, it's just rude. It's just so rude. The body's right. Like the hair is right. The paint is right. And then she has her like, like 13 inch nails on. And you're just like, oh yeah, she's great. I I always enjoy performing with her because she's just like, and she's, a, she's one of those performers that like, she makes everyone feel comfortable around her and really does become like the life of the party. Yeah. And so so easy to just like relax around her and to just kind of like laugh and like let go and have a good time.
0: Next is someone beautiful in and out of drag, Vanity Ray. Vanity
1: Ray! <laughs> she, her and I actually um, were like in the same like community theater circle down here yeah. um and like she's great she's fierce um she i'm still so impressed that she like has been making all of her shit yeah just because like it's been so good and like her vision for her drag is so fun and like and i and like she she really is like she's an incredibly independent performer mm-hmm. and an dependent like artist and so like every time I see like her like Instagram post about whatever outfit she's wearing and then you just like go to the credits and it's just like hair by me dress by me <laughs> edit by me makeup by me I'm just I'm just like ah oh, you are you are a force to be reckoned
0: with yeah absolutely next is someone who was a jersey queen and then went to drag race Olivia Lux Olivia,
1: she, what I my first experience ever with Olivia Lux was at Miss Paradise when she won, and because I didn't know who it was, and obviously, like I'm sure you probably know, pageantry there is like kind of a level of like,
0: um, uh, there's a hierarchy. There, there, there's
1: there, right? There, there pay your dues. Yeah. You kind of like, are like, Oh, this is going to be her year or right. like, you kind of like know who's competing because they've performed, they've competed in the past or sure. they've been in the pageant circuit or whatever it is. And she came out of nowhere and she came and she turned. And it, I think it was, it was the first time i had ever seen it. I don't know if it was the first time it's ever happened at paradise, but it's the first time I'd ever seen it, that she took every single category. Yeah. She- the entire pageant and it was well-deserved and she was absolutely incredible and i felt so bad that literally the week of her first show at paradise because the miss paradise have a weekly show on fridays right the week of her first show everything shut down well like, it, oh, it,
0: okay. it took a couple months but she's she's she doing fine she's doing okay right. <laughs> next up kinsey spectrum
1: Kinsey Spectrum. Uh, she, again, she is one of my closest sisters. I adore her absolutely so much. She is an incredible artist. Um, she is someone that I will always go to for advice. She's someone that I have always like, um, she's always willing to help no matter kind of who you are or where you're from or anything like that. Um, she, for the longest time pre-pandemic, she was like, there every week helping out with the drag show. Like she was the person picking up the dollars and um, when uh, at the end of numbers and helping people change backstage and all that stuff. Um, She would literally like give her right arm for people. Um, And yeah, I just, I love her. I love her dearly. She is one of my favorite people on the planet.
0: Nice. And we're we're gonna round this one up with Red Rum. I have nothing nice to say about her. (laughs) <laughs> I love it.
1: Kidding. She, she, she's everything. She's, again, like in spectrum, she's like one of my closest sisters. She is, her and I have done so much together. We, it's been so awesome to see both of us grow, you know, because we had started around the same time as each other. And so it's been cool to see us both kind of like grow and thrive and to kind of come into our own um, and to kind of be able to become a great duo Mm -hmm. because we used to have a show in uh in newark at hell's kitchen lounge we used to have a show there monthly and it was always just such a blast um and but then it's also great to see us like as our own entities too you know and being able to do all that stuff especially with her now like having uh uh doing work in vermont and um and seeing just like how how just like how much she's grown as a person and as a drag performer like it's just it's just a beautiful
0: thing. Yeah. I mean, Don't I, I, I will. I, I'll be sure not to tag her.
2: So, this part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember seeing um, the artwork, the Pokemon inspired artwork of the three of you. So cool. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Let's say the call comes in. Who would you pick to do on Snatch Game? Aquafina. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, Have you seen Raya yet? I have, yes. Do we like it? Because I've heard no buzz. And usually if I don't (laughs) not hear any buzz from the Disney gaze, it's a flop. So I have not heard anyone talk about it yet.
1: I really enjoyed it. I'm going to say people haven't been talking about it because it is A, not a musical, and B, includes BIPOC folks. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave that where it is. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed all of the themes of it. And just visually, it's just such a gorgeous movie. Um, And I just am like so into, like obviously like I'm Chinese. And so it's like just so awesome to see like other Asian yeah. characters being put on this larger platform. And just to see it done in such a beautiful and magical way. It's just.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, huge Disney fan, die hard, I'm going in December, I can't wait. Even Disney isn't pushing it the way they've pushed other things. It's really strange. Very strange.
1: I mean, I want to believe that that is largely the pandemic's fault. I, I agree. Because I feel like that there are, like, because I, f- I feel like if this was, like, normal times and Disney was putting out this movie, I really think, like, it would be pushed a lot more because they would have been like, oh, we're going to have a lot more merch for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it would be in the parks.
1: Park, you know, like we would have kind of amped it up more. And right. like, I feel like, I, I feel like the pandemic, because I mean, think about it. Baby Yoda. How did D- Disney not prepare for Baby Yoda?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't get it. They had to have known it would blow up.
1: They literally created the show and put the, put it out on Disney plus and they didn't think that it was going to pop off. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they put out, like one of like the, the major star Wars films, they had a freaking like Porg and they were yeah. like, that's go off. No. Yeah. But you didn't think baby Yoda would like, so it was just crazy to me that we really never got anything baby Yoda related from Disney for, for like,
0: for it like a oh, very long time. After. Yeah. Um, and apologies. We have to refer to baby Yoda by their real name. Grogu. Grogu. Right. I'm a baby Yoda stan, so I, I, I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Oh,
1: God. Oh, God. There's so many rabbit holes. The <laughs> rabbit hole I'm
0: currently in,
1: we'll, we'll do that. The rabbit hole I'm currently in is what there is this YouTuber, YouTuber that I discovered. I don't know how he popped up. I've literally watched like almost all of his videos now because I was just like, this is crazy. This is such a niche thing to make videos about. And I was like, people can't be like like this into it. And then like you check and he has like over like 3 million followers on YouTube. And so it's this guy, um, Sam Chewy, and his whole brand is, is like air travel. Okay. So he goes on these planes and he basically shows you and records like what the entire experience is from the moment you get into the airport to the moment you leave the airport. Mm -hmm. And he does a lot of like first class travel and all this stuff. And like, he's also someone that like, he posts a lot of like tips and tricks on like using air miles or um, knowing when to book or things like that. So he gives a lot of those tips, but the, but it's like the crazier they get, the more I'm fascinated Yep. Like there's like an airline that literally has a suite that they call the resident is like, and it's not mm-hmm. a private, this is like a commercial airline that has it's an apartment, but your space has its own bedroom and like its own living room and a butler. Yep. And it's like the most insane thing in the world. And so like, I just have been like obsessed with like watching these videos. I,
0: like
1: I can relate
2: this. Mm-hmm. for like a
1: three I, hour flight too
0: yeah I can relate I watch these videos as well um I love watching Amtrak videos I love watching these couples who are clearly Instagrammers who became famous and like go on trips all over the place and and get these Airbnbs and you see these crazy th- I'm obsessed with travel I it's, think I need to have a new career and figure out how I can travel as well
1: no, I was like had I known that I could be getting all this like right like being like given like free air stuff to sit on yeah. like a private plane or like uh these like like million dollar apartments on these airplanes mm-hmm. like they've
0: gone into this like what yeah i i have never flown first class but it's my dream to like be in some of these <laughs> even even just like the business class with like little pods i will take that for a trip it's so it's, insane yeah it's crazy but i, I i'm it here for it
1: of like I always knew that there was like a first class, but obviously as someone who like has grown up in the U S like first class is like, Oh, you just have a little, little bit more leg room. Right. 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 And so, and then I remember seeing crazy rich Asians when I had come out and I remember they like were in that plane and they suddenly like were in like their little like pod area when they're on the plane and then like little while later, they're like, in like they like convert it to bedding. Yeah. And I like, this is insane. <laughs> And um, and I was just like, "No way, this is real. This is just like some big fictional thing." And then I started watching these videos. I was like, "This is real." Oh yes,
0: this is so crazy. If you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Anything with pasta.
3: Okay, nice, At
1: nice. Moment, probably that like trending TikTok pasta with the feta and all that.
0: So all right. That- if you had to pick one drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? <laughs> the Amazing Race?
1: Oh God. <laughs> what, a, what a question. Um, who would I pick? Do I have to know them personally? You don't have to. Um, um No, you know what? Let's keep the bubble small. And I, I'm going to say uh, Zeta Jones. Okay. She's, she's
0: fucking built. That is fact. I think it's a fact. For me. She can do a lot. So we're going to do the Pop 5 Rapid Fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture things, headlines, stories. You're going to give me a word phrase, whatever you want to talk about for each. Oh, okay. So number one is The Masked Singer. The Masked Singer. I'm giving you one word. Whatever you want. Word, oh. phrase, story, what whatever.
1: Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy The Masked Singer. I just think it's such like a fun concept of a show. And I'm obsessed that like just it's a reality competition that is just for the sake of fun. Yeah. You know, like there's no big prize. There's nothing that like the judges are winning or the competitors are winning, other than just the fun of the mystery of who is it? Yeah. And like, right. I'm just, it's just like a good, like, uh, um, like PG fun family competition. Cause then also some of the people that like pop out of it, you're just like, what the
0: hell? Right. Um, are you, you're currently watching the current season? I watch bits and pieces. Who do you, who do you think the Russian dolls are? I think I know
1: who it is. I, I have not even given it a whole lot of thought.
0: I think it's Hanson.
1: Oh, that's a good choice. I
0: think it's handsome. Oh, I'm an, ooh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm, All right. Num- co- yeah. Number two is MGM Entertainment is going to create an American K-pop competition show. <laughs> Read that whole thing again. MGM Entertainment to create American K-pop competition show. Basically making the band for K-pop oh my god
1: I mean listen they realized that BTS is a huge sensation Mm -hmm. and I but also like let's be honest the format works you know like with how BTS was formed and then even like before then like when One Direction was formed yeah you know it wasn't like uh, the Jonas brothers who were brothers or like other groups that were like, oh, we were all friends. And then we decided to go into this thing. It was just like a business decision. Yeah. I, if, if, like that's the right word that I want to use, but like, I think, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I think it is also reminiscent of, um, uh, in the UK when Andrew Weber was like casting people, you mm-hmm. probably know what I'm talking about as like a theater person. Like oh, he yeah. has for um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. The one that I was really into was when he was in like the search for Dorothy for the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, get the public invested on these people because then they're gonna,
0: then they're gonna want to see them more. Yeah. They, you know? they tried it here with Greece. They really did try it here. Yeah. We just didn't latch onto it. I Greece- thought it was great. But- so. yeah um they they tried it with greece and obviously that's how we got laura osness um but no, i thought if there was anyone to who should have done that kind of show it should have been disney to cast whatever musical they were doing because they already had a brand and it would have worked but we just don't treat reality tv the same way the uk does absolutely not they love it don't give the funding to the arts like the uk does it, that's very true <laughs> All right, number three, the Olympics to ban all Black Lives Matter apparel. Oh yeah, that's, come on,
1: come on. Mm-hmm. Listen, understand that, like, I, I I really love the Olympics. Like, I'm not into sports, but I get into the Olympics. Like, Same. I download apps. I frequently check things. I, like, realize who our competitors are, like, who are the strong competitors in our categories and I'm always like, as long as as long as we like beat the the one main one that I'm worried about, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah. But like, we got a gold, or yeah. like we or like we got a silver. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll we'll come back. We'll come back. Um. And but I and the thing that I do love about the Olympics is that there is kind of like a neutrality to it. You know, like we as like internationally can really just kind of like come together and just like have friendly competition about all this stuff. And politics have relatively stayed out of those lights. Sure. For, but I, but with that also being said, like Black Lives Matter is not like, it's not like you're doing like un, like election propaganda, right? you know? Like Black Lives Matter is an international issue. Correct. You know, it is something that needs to be discussed and needs to be addressed. And I think to try to censor those voices is foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not on board with that decision at all. And I think they, they should find ways of in integrating it.
0: I agree. Number four is Stranger Things season four teaser trailer drops.
1: So I haven't seen Stranger Things since the, since season two. Okay. Um, but I was really into it because I am a large fan of the Alien franchise. Mm-hmm. Alien, Predator, Prometheus, all those things. Love all those movies. And so I was really, I really enjoyed the like Xenomorph-like being. Yeah. That's it. Um, and so I'm excited I really probably should find time to catch up on it, um, because I did I, I did really enjoy it. I think it does do a lot of really fun nods to other horror and sci-fi.
0: Yeah. And number five is Drag Race Down Under.
1: Ah, uh, Drag Race Down Under. I I mean I personally feel that like all international drag races are better shows than the current than the U.S. one that's been running for 300 seasons. Um, and so I'm excited for that. I've been a longtime fan of Art Simone and mm-hmm. Karen, And so I'm very excited to see how they do on the show. Um, but also just the chance to like, see what drag is in Australia. Cause I think like for me, I think drag, Australian drag is, obviously we had gotten Courtney Act, right? And so like, she kind right. of like, sort of introduced people to what Australian drag was. Um, but I think for me, I always just think of Priscilla queen of the desert. So like those kind Absolutely. of like head pieces and the bell bottoms and all that stuff. And um, which and of we're seeing
0: like- that a little bit and, and it's definitely present. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, before we got on, I saw the photo that was released from the drag race um, with the snatch game panel.
2: Oh,
3: i be I mean, seen-
0: interesting. I mean, we, we're getting the characters that we've not seen before that we're like, why have we not seen them before? So, we're, we're going to get a Catherine O'Hara, we're getting a Dolly Parton, we're getting a Jennifer Coolidge, um, and we're also getting Dr. Seuss. So, this is anybody's guess how this is going to work. And obviously, someone's doing Bindi Irwin, so that's covered. I be- so good. I'm yeah. so excited. Well, I have a fan corner question for you. This one may sure. get you in trouble, but we'll see how you answer it. Okay. This is a question from Jessica Rose. She would like to know, who's your favorite drag queen in Jersey, and who's your favorite in New York?
2: Who's my favorite in Jersey, and who's my favorite in New York? Um,
1: bread Rum is the easiest answer for me in Jersey. Um... And so her, her excluded. I'm going to. I, oh, I. I think. I. I mean. I just. I absolutely adore Victoria Cortez. Mm-hmm. She's she's another queen down here that she's just a barrel of ex, like fun and ridiculousness and her, I just always thoroughly enjoy performing with her. So she she's easily one of my faves. I was thinking <laughs> of. Um, and for New York city, um, obviously Jessica Rose is probably fishing for herself. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. And she, she, she's absolutely delightful. And I adore her. and so she is in that, she is in that pool. Um, but since she asked the question, she's out of that pool. Um, but I'm going to say, uh, probably Robin Rose courts at the moment. Right. Like she's just, she's a, she's just a wacky person and I just really enjoy her eye for
0: design.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And so she's, she's a fun one and I enjoy
3: her a lot.
0: So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from TikTok star, Michael Judson Berry. Okay. (laughs) Um, His question for you is what was your favorite
2: children's book? What was my favorite children's book? Um, I think I'll say,
1: I think I'm gonna say Dinotopia. Okay, all right. Really obscure, really specific, but I'm gonna go with that one.
0: (laughs) Were you a big fan of dinosaurs growing up?
1: Yeah. Same. Was shown Jurassic Park at far too young of an
0: age. <laughs> are you excited for the new Jurassic World where worlds are combining? You know,
1: I've been into the the, the new ones. Mm-hmm. And so like, but obviously it's one of those things that's like, I take a reboot for what it is,
0: you know? Right. I mean, so, Laura Dern's coming back.
1: I mean, that'd be stupid to not have Laura Dern come back of all the people, especially after like, for whatever reason, what was it over the past like three or four years? All of a sudden, Laura Dern became this like huge gay icon
0: superstar. We love her, except for just that like... Oscar dress, whatever that was. I was not here for it. I was like, that's a, just a regular basic black top. Bitch, what are you wearing? It's Laura Dern. Let her live. Fine, fine. Now, are you are you a theme park fan? Yes. So you're you're aware of the VelociCoaster? Yes. Have you watched the oh, POV yet?
1: I will never go on it. I will Why not? I enjoy watching the videos. I'm not a thrill ride person. Okay, that's fair. You know, and so I'm very like, it looks great from distance. Uh listen, I'm the best friend to bring on those kind of trips because I'm I'm very content with seeing myself on a bench with everyone. Holding bags. the bags. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Especially like if we're in Disney, like, no, you wanna you wanna do something crazy? Fine, I'll sit on the bench with the bags with a dull whip and live my life.
0: So you at Six Flags, you're not going on um, any of those coasters absolutely not me at six flags (laughs) no
1: (laughs) nothing at six flags gives me any kind of pull or desire to go there
0: that's fair well now is your turn to ask my next guest a question and it can be about anything you would like it to be it doesn't have to be drag or whatever you want
1: uh this is fun because i like have no idea who it is so i'm intrigued
0: yeah, that's my favorite part because I will—I n- never tell my guests. So like, who is it? I'm like, mm-mm. Ooh. You don't get to alter your question for whoever I get
2: on. Um, let's say, who, or rather, what is your favorite Meryl Streep role? Okay, that's a good one. That's that's a
0: good question because there's many, 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 many. But- I'm trying to expand the Block Talk community. Who would you like to hear do an interview in the future? I mean, Kinsey
1: Spectrum is a great person to talk to. She she's full cool stories. Um, I will also say, um, if you're looking for other TikTok folk, it's me, Joel C, on TikTok. Also, a phenomenal person to talk to. Speak to. Um, drag queens. Um. I need attention if you haven't done so already, just because she is lovely. Um, and I would also say get um, uh, Tasty and Morgan Von Hunt.
0: All right. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? You can find me across all social
1: media platforms. See, this is the spiel that I have like pre- yep. Reused for everything i'm on all social media platforms at uh lady celestina that's c-e-l-e-s-t-i-n-a um you can find me on facebook instagram twitter tiktok uh pornhub wherever you stream your content i'm there um you can also shortcut finding me on instagram by searching the top hat emoji and i pop up because we love a brand you love it.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having it was me. It lovely chatting. Love it chatting with you. The biggest thanks to Lady Celestina for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, Soundclutter, Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.